0: Do you remember when we talked about the book of 1 Samuel? It told about the last judge of the Jews and the first king of the Jews, didn't it? Who was the last judge of Israel, do you remember? That's right, it was Samuel. And who was the first king of Israel? Yes, Saul. But before the book of 1st Samuel, though, we had talked about other books of the Bible that came before 1st Samuel, hadn't we? First, we had talked about Genesis, the book of beginnings, the beginning of the world and the beginning of the Jews with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and how Jacob and his sons went down to live in Egypt during the big famine and how Jacob's son Joseph was very important in Egypt and took care of them there. Then, next, in the book of Exodus, we talked about how the Jews, also called the children of Israel or the Hebrews, how the Jews became a big bunch of people, and how God took them away from being slaves in Egypt. Then Moses was their leader and judge and led them in the wilderness for 40 years. Next, in the books of Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, we talked about when the children of Israel wandered forty years in the desert, and how God took care of them all during that time. Then, in the book of Joshua, we talked about how Joshua became the leader and judge of the Jews after Moses died. And Joshua took the children of Israel into the promised land of Canaan, and God had them conquer the land. After Joshua died, there were the books of Judges, and Ruth weren't there. In these, we saw how life was during that time, and how the children of Israel, the Jews, began worshiping idols, so God had to punish them to bring them back to him their enemies would come in and conquer them. Then when they were sorry for sinning against God and cried out to him, God would send a judge to rescue them and lead them in defeating their enemies. Do you remember which judges we talked about? That's right. We talked about Ehud and Samson and Gideon And Deborah didn't we and we talked about Ruth too though she wasn't a judge Ruth lived in Bethlehem during the time of the judges and Ruth was very loyal to her mother-in-law Naomi and Ruth finally married a man of the tribe of Judah named Boaz then in the book of first Samuel we talked about the last judge of the children of Israel. What was his name again? Do you remember? Yes, it was Samuel. These men, Moses and Joshua and Ehud and Samson and Gideon and Samuel, were all judges of Israel, weren't they? But who was the king of the children of Israel all during that time? Yes, God was their king. But then what did the Jews start wanting that other people had? That's right, they wanted a man to be their king, a king they could see. That was bad that they didn't want God to be their king anymore, wasn't it? But God told Samuel to go ahead and anoint a certain man, and he became the first man to be the king of the Jews. Now, what was the name of this first king of Israel? Yes, it was Saul, wasn't it? But then remember, Saul disobeyed God two times, so God said that he was going to make someone else to be king who would obey him. And who was that going to be? Do you remember? That's right. David, the great-grandson of Ruth, was going to be the next king. So remember, the book of 1 Samuel started with the birth of Samuel, the last judge, and it ended with the death of Saul, the first king of the Jews. Now, The next book in the Bible is called Second Samuel. It isn't about Samuel himself, though, since Samuel was already dead. But you see, in the days when First and Second Samuel were written, they didn't have books with pages like we have now. They had scrolls. A scroll is like a big, long piece of paper that is written on and then rolled up onto a stick. Well, when Samuel was written, the story was too long for just one scroll, so they made two scrolls out of it and called the two scrolls First Samuel and. Second Samuel. In fact, actually, there were four scrolls in this big, long story, and some places call these four scrolls 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th Kings, because, you see, these four scrolls are about the kings of the children of Israel. But we're just going to call them the way they are in our Bibles, 1st and 2nd Samuel, and first and second kings. Anyway, now we're going to talk about second Samuel, and the whole book of second Samuel is all going to be about when David is king of the Jews. And guess what? There are two books about when David was king of the Jews. Yes, the book of second Samuel and the book of First Chronicles are both about the time when David was the king of the children of Israel. So today we're going to talk about these two books together, 2 Samuel and First Chronicles. The word chronicles means telling about something, the stories of something. And first chronicles is going to be full of stories about David when he was king, just as Second Samuel is. Well, as you remember, at the end of First Samuel, King Saul and his son Jonathan were both killed in battle. Now Jonathan and David had been very good friends. And David was very unhappy to hear that both Saul and Jonathan were dead. So David wrote a beautiful poem about them and taught the poem to a lot of people. And they mourned because King Saul and Jonathan were dead. Now, Jonathan had a five-year-old son named Mephibosheth, That's a hard name to say, isn't it? Mephibosheth. Anyway, when the news about Saul and Jonathan's being killed in battle got back to their family, little Mephibosheth's nurse was scared, and she grabbed Mephibosheth and started to run away with him. But she was in such a hurry, that Mephibosheth fell and hurt both of his feet quite badly, and he was crippled from then on. And I'll tell you more about Mephibosheth in a little while. Now, remember, King Saul, when he was alive, had been jealous of David and had tried to kill David. So David had been living among the Philistines. In the Philistine land. But David was from the tribe of Judah, which had a big part in the land of Israel. And now that Saul was dead, David asked the Lord, Should I go back to Judah? The Lord told David, Yes, go there. Then David said to the Lord, Where should I go in the land of Judah? The Lord said to David, Go to the city of Hebron. So David took his wives and the men who had been with him and their families, and they went to the city of Hebron. And the men of Judah came to David, and they anointed David to be king of Judah. Well, one of Saul's other sons had been made king over the rest of the land of Israel, the rest of the tribes. But he was only king for two years, and then some bad men killed him. And then the rest of the tribes of Israel came to David and said to him, When Saul was the king of all of us, you led us in war, and the Lord had already told you that you would be king over all of us. And they asked David to be king of all of the children of Israel. So David became the king of all of the Jews, just as the Lord had told him he would. Of course, anything God says always happens, doesn't it? At this time, the children of Israel didn't own the city of Jerusalem even though it was right there in the middle of their land well david who was now king david took an army and he went and they captured the city of jerusalem there was a fort in jerusalem and david lived there and that part of jerusalem was called the city of david now remember bethlehem was called the city of david because that's where David was born and grew up. But now, this part of the city of Jerusalem is called the city of David too. So there are two places called the city of David, Bethlehem and part of Jerusalem. Anyway, David built up the rest of Jerusalem too and David became strong as a king and great. Now, why do you think that was, that David became such a great king? Of course, it was because God was with him. David loved God very much, and God loved David. In fact, the Bible calls David a man after God's own heart. That means that David tried to obey God and loved God very much. Now, have you heard about the book of Psalms in the Bible? That is sort of the song book of the Jews. Well, many of those Psalms were written by David, and he wrote different kinds of psalms. Some of those psalms are psalms praising God. Others are psalms asking God for help. Other psalms are asking God for forgiveness when David had sinned. But David was not only a king and a warrior And a songwriter, David was also a prophet. You see, David lived 1,000 years before Jesus came to earth, but some of David's Psalms tell about when Jesus was going to come and die for us to save us from our sins. Well, as I said, David became greater and greater as a king. And the Philistines heard that David was king of the Jews now, so the Philistines got an army together, and they went up to find David. They were going to fight him. When David heard about this, David went into his fort, and he asked God, Shall I go out and fight the Philistines? Will you have me win against them? And the Lord said to David, Yes, go, I will give the Philistines into your hand. So David went out, and God let him beat the Philistine army. But then another time the Philistine army came up against David again. And again David asked the Lord, Shall I go out against them? But this time, the Lord said, No, don't go out against them. Then the Lord told David, You sneak around behind the Philistine army this time. Then wait until you hear what sounds like marching in the tops of the trees there. When you hear that sound, then go out to fight, because I, the Lord, will have gone out in front of you to smite the army of the Philistines. Smite means to hit. God was going to fight against the Philistines. And that's what happened. David and his army sneaked around behind the Philistines. And when they heard that sound, which would mean that the Lord had gone out before them, David and his army rushed out The Bible doesn't tell us, but I imagine that the Philistines had heard what sounded like marching in the treetops too and had started running away. Anyway, David and his army were able to kill lots of the Philistines. And the other countries heard about David and how he would win battles. And God made it so that the other countries were afraid of David and would leave him alone. Now, do you remember back in 1 Samuel when the Philistines had taken God's Ark of the Covenant, that special golden box that God had made for the tabernacle? And remember how finally the Philistines had sent the Ark back to the children of Israel because God kept making them sick? Or this was before Saul was even king? Well, all of those years, over 50 years, The ark of the Lord had stayed in the house of a man named Abinadab. But now David wanted to bring the ark of God up to Jerusalem. So David talked with his army officers and the people about this, and everyone agreed to do it. So they built a new cart, and they put the ark on the cart and started off with it. To take it to Jerusalem. But they had forgotten something that was very important. You see, when God first told Moses, a long time before, how to build the ark, God had told Moses to put places on the sides of the ark of God that poles could be slid into those places. And then God had told the Jews that the ark was always to be carried by those poles on the shoulders of some special people called Levites, and no one was to touch the ark. Now, it was good of David to want to bring the ark to Jerusalem, but he should have remembered God's rules. Anyway, they built this new cart and put the ark on it, and some oxen were pulling the cart. David and everyone were very happy and were making music to God as the cart went along. But as it went along, the oxen stumbled. A man named Uzzah was with the cart, and when the oxen stumbled, Uzzah put his hand on the ark of God in case it might fall. So, even though Uzzah meant good, he was disobeying God, wasn't he? He wasn't supposed to touch the ark. Well, God had Uzzah die because he had touched the ark. We should follow God's rules and not do just what we think is best, right? Well, this, that Uzzah had died, upset David a lot. And then David was afraid of the Lord and said, How can I take the ark of God with me? Remember, he wanted to take it to Jerusalem. Anyway, David left the ark of God at a man's house, And David went home. And God blessed the home of the man where God's Ark of the Covenant was. Well, David built houses for himself in Jerusalem, the city of David. And David was told that God was blessing the home where the Ark was. So David had a place fixed for the Ark of God in Jerusalem. He put a tent there. And David said, No one is to carry the ark of God except the Levites because that is what the Lord said. So the Levites got themselves ready and they carried the ark of God on their shoulders with the poles just as God a long time ago had told Moses they should do. And David had musicians play music in front of the ark as they walked along. And the priests blew trumpets, and there was a sacrifice to the Lord as they went along. And David took off his kingly robes and just wore plain clothes. He knew that the Lord was important, not himself. And David danced before the Lord as hard as he could, and everyone was shouting as the ark came along. The ark of God was brought into the city of David there in Jerusalem, And there were many offerings made to the Lord. And David blessed the people in the name of the Lord and gave everyone there some food. David wrote a song of thanksgiving to the Lord and had the singers sing it. We have this song in the book of Psalms, and it tells us how good and great God is and gives praises to God. We call this Psalm 105. David arranged for the regular worship of God and for sacrifices to be made to God, and then David went home to bless his household. But one of David's wives had been looking out of the window as the ark was being brought into the city of David. She had seen David in just plain clothes and dancing and leaping and on to the Lord, and she didn't like it. She thought David should have acted in a dignified way like a king, not like just an ordinary man. When David got home, his wife said to him, You didn't act like a king at all. Why, you shamed yourself in front of everyone. David said to his wife, I made myself humble before the Lord who made me king, and I will do it again. The people will honor me for it, not be ashamed of me. Now, God helped David against his enemies, and finally there was peace. And David got to thinking. So he said to Nathan the prophet, Look, I live in a wooden house, but the ark of God only lives in a tent. Nathan said to David, Do what you want to. You see, David wanted to build a nice house or temple for the ark of God. But that night the Lord spoke to Nathan the prophet and told him, Go tell my servant David. I made you to be a king and have protected you from your enemies. But I, the Lord, have never asked the people to build me a house. Tell David, you are not to build a house for me, though. But when you are dead, your son will build one, and I will be with him. I will establish your throne and your kingdom forever." So the prophet Nathan told David what the Lord had said. And David praised the Lord. David said, You are great, O Lord God. There was no one like you, and there was no other God except you. And David praised God and thanked him for taking care of the children of Israel all of those years. So David didn't build the temple, but he did. Did get together all sorts of things to build the temple with so that they would be ready for his son when the time came. David got together nice wood and metals and stones and all sorts of things that would be needed. After that, God let David win over other enemies, and David's kingdom grew bigger and bigger and David got very rich. All of this was because God was blessing David, and David became very famous and powerful. Well, one day, David got to thinking about his dead friend Jonathan, Saul's son. David asked, Is there anyone from Saul's family alive that I could be kind to because of Jonathan? And someone told David that Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth, was alive and that he was crippled. Remember when we talked about Mephibosheth a little bit ago, how he fell when they were running away and hurt his feet? Then King David sent for Mephibosheth and had him come to his house. Mephibosheth came to David and bowed very low before him. David said to him, Mephibosheth, don't be afraid. I want to be kind to you because of your father Jonathan. I'll give you back all of the land that had belonged to your grandfather Saul, and you will always eat at my table." And David treated Mephibosheth like one of his own sons. David had several wives by now, and David loved God very much. But one time, David did something very bad, something he knew was very wrong. And I'm going to tell you about that now. You see, one of David's army officers was named Uriah, and Uriah was off at the war, but David had stayed home. One day, David looked out of the window and saw Uriah's wife, and she was very beautiful. Her name was Bathsheba. David wanted to marry Bathsheba, even though she was already married to Uriah. Finally, David sent a message to a general and told him to have Uriah be in the front of the army when they attacked and to make sure that Uriah got killed in the battle. And the general did that, and Uriah was killed by enemies. After Uriah died, David married Bathsheba and had a baby boy by her. Now that was very wicked of David to do, wasn't it? To want someone else's wife so badly and then to have his loyal army officer Uriah killed. Do you think God like that? No, of course not. Well, the Lord God sent the prophet Nathan to David, and Nathan said to David, you had lots of wives, but you took another man's only wife. And Nathan told David how bad he would had been. And that God would have to punish him. Now do you think David got mad about that? No. David was very sorry that he had been so bad. David said, I have sinned against the Lord. And David prayed to God and he wrote a psalm that we have in the Bible saying how bad he had been and how sorry he was and asking for the Lord to forgive him and to help him to be good. We call this Psalm 51. Well, we were talking about how David was now married to Bathsheba. Well, David and Bathsheba had some sons, and one of those sons was named Solomon, And the Lord told David that Solomon would be the king of the children of Israel when David was dead. And the Lord also told David that Solomon would build a house for the Lord. That is, Solomon would build a temple of God. Well, as David got older, he began having trouble with some of his sons. One of his sons, Absalom, was very handsome and he had beautiful thick hair. And Absalom wanted to be king instead of his father. Absalom was very friendly to the people. And he would say, Oh, if I were king, I'd do such and such. Then people began coming to Absalom for advice. Finally, one day Absalom went off somewhere and arranged that when a trumpet blew everyone was to shout Absalom is king here and That's what they did Then more and more people began going with Absalom and saying that he was their king instead of his father David Finally someone came and told King David The hearts of the men of Israel have gone after Absalom. David said to his servants, Get up, let's run away before Absalom gets here and kills everyone. And many of the people were loyal to David and went with him as he ran away from his son Absalom. Absalom had an army with him, and Absalom came into the city of Jerusalem and took the things that belonged to his father David. Then Absalom took his army and followed his father. Finally, Absalom's army caught up with David's army, and there was going to be a battle. But David still loved his son Absalom, and David said to everyone, Be nice to young Absalom, for my sake. But in the battle, Absalom was riding on a mule, and the mule rode under the thick branches of a big oak tree. And Absalom's head, probably his long hair, got caught in the branches, and his mule just went running on. And there Absalom hung in the branches. Someone saw Absalom, and even though he knew that David didn't want anything to happen to Absalom, the man killed Absalom. When David heard that Absalom was dead, he began crying. He cried out, "Oh, Absalom, my son, my son, I wish I had died instead of you. This made his army very sad. Finally, one of David's generals came to him and said, You're making your army ashamed. They fought for you and won today, and they saved your life. Now, get up and go out and speak kindly to them. If you don't, your army will all leave you, and then you'll really have a hard time. So King David got up, And went out to the people finally all of the people even those who had sided with Absalom asked David to come back and be their king again so he did David and everyone with him went back to Jerusalem well after that David had some more troubles and some more battles but there isn't time to tell about them here but sometimes you can read about them in Second Samuel and First Chronicles. Sometimes after a battle, David would write a song praising God for helping him against his enemies. Psalm 18 is one of those songs. David always praised God. Now, David was usually a very good man, and he was a very good king, and he loved God very much. But there was another thing that David did that he shouldn't have done. And I'm going to tell you about it. Well, one day the devil tempted David. And David did something that he knew he shouldn't do. David decided to count how many people there were who could be soldiers. That's called a census. But God hadn't told David to do this. In fact, David's general told him that it wasn't a good idea to take a census. But David wanted to do it anyway, so he had it done. After David had found out how many men could be soldiers, God didn't like it. And then David realized that he had sinned against God. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us why David took the census, counted the men who could be soldiers, and the Bible doesn't tell us why God didn't like it. But David knew that it really didn't make any difference how many men he had for soldiers. It was always God who let him win his battles. So it seems to me that maybe counting the men was sort of like being proud and not trusting God to take care of him. Anyway, whatever David's reason had been, it was wrong of David to have done so, and he knew it, and God didn't like it. And especially since David was the king, he should have been very careful to obey God. So God had to punish him. And when a king is punished, often his country suffers, too. Kings have to be very careful to be good. Well, God gave David a choice. God had a prophet ask David, This is what the Lord says. You choose how you will be punished. Do you want to have three years of famine in the land? Or do you want three months where your enemies chase you? Or do you want three days when a great plague will kill people in your land? David said, I am in great distress, but please don't let men punish me. Let the Lord punish me, for I know his mercy is great. You see, even though David knew that what was going to happen to his country was his own fault. He still trusted in the Lord. So the ki- the Lord sent a great plague, and many people died. Then the angel that God had sent out to kill people was going toward Jerusalem to destroy it, and the Lord said to the angel, that is enough, stop. And the angel of the Lord was standing by a flat piece of ground called a threshing floor, and it was near Jerusalem. And David looked, and he could actually see the angel of the Lord. The angel was standing there between heaven and earth and had a sword, and the sword was stretched out over Jerusalem. David and the elders with him were all dressed in sackcloth to show that they were humbling themselves, being sorry before God. And they all fell on their faces. Then David said to God, I was the one who made the command to count the people. I am the one who sinned and was wicked. But what have these poor people done to you? Please punish me, but not the people. Then the Lord told the prophet to go tell David to build an altar to the Lord right there on that flat piece of ground, that threshing floor. So David went up to the man who owned that threshing floor and said to him, I want to buy your threshing floor so that I can build an altar to the Lord on it so the plague will be stopped. The man said, You are the king. You just take it and make an offering. You can even use my oxen and my wood for the offering. David said, No. I will buy it for the full price. I don't want to give something to the Lord that isn't mine and didn't cost me anything. So David paid the man for the land, and David built an altar to the Lord on the land and offered sacrifices to the Lord and called on the Lord. And then what do you think happened? Why, the Lord sent fire from heaven onto the altar. That showed that God accepted the sacrifice. Then God told the angel to put his sword away and the plague was stopped. And David said, This will be where the house of the Lord God, the temple, will be built some day and the altar will be for Israel. Now, David was getting very old. However, Remember that earlier God had told David that his son Solomon would be king after him and that Solomon would build a house, that is, a temple, for the Lord? But now that David was getting old and it was nearly time for him to die, one of David's other sons, named Adonijah, decided to make himself king instead of Solomon. So... Adonijah called together most of the important men of Israel and had a big ceremony to make himself king. Well, Bathsheba was the mother of Solomon, but she wasn't Adonijah's mother. Adonijah's mother was another of David's wives. And Nathan the prophet went to Solomon's mother Bathsheba and said to her, "'Haven't you heard that Adonijah has made himself king "'and David doesn't even know it? "'Let me give you some good advice "'that may save your life and the life of your son Solomon.'" Nathan said to Bathsheba, "'Go right away to David and ask him "'if he had promised you that Solomon would be king after him. "'Then ask him why Adonijah is king.'" So Bathsheba went into the room where old David was, and she said to him, You promised me that my son Solomon would be king after you and sit on your throne. Bathsheba said, But now Adonijah is king, and you don't know it. But now, sir, all Israel is watching you to tell them who is really going to sit on your throne after you. While Bathsheba was still talking to old King David, Nathan the prophet came in and said to David, Sir, did you say that Adonijah was to be king after you and sit on your throne? He is having a big ceremony, and people are shouting, Long live King Adonijah! Have you arranged this and not told us? Then King David said to Bathsheba, I swear by the Lord who has taken such good care of me that the Lord promised me that Solomon, your son, would be king after me and sit on my throne, and he's going to do that today. Then David called his most important men to him, and he said to them, Go, take my servants with you, and have my son Solomon ride on my own mule and take him and anoint him as king over Israel. Then blow the trumpet and say, Long live King Solomon. Then, King David said, Have him come and sit on my throne, for he shall be king instead of me. I have made him to be ruler over Israel and over Judah. Those are the two big parts of the land of Israel. So, david's most important men did that they had solomon ride on king david's own mule and they took solomon and they anointed him and they blew the trumpet and the people shouted long live king solomon and the people made a lot of noise and music and were happy well adonijah david's son who had tried to make himself king and the people who were with him heard the noise as they were feasting. Adonijah's general said, What does the uproar in the city mean? Just then someone came in, and Adonijah asked him, Do you bring me good news? No, the man said. King David has made Solomon to be king. He's riding on the king's mule, and he has been anointed king, and everyone is happy, and that is the noise you hear. Solomon is sitting on the king's throne, and everyone is saying to King David how much they like this, and King David is blessing God. Well, when Adonijah and the people with him heard this, they were scared and started shaking, and they all got up and went home. But Adonijah was afraid that his brother Solomon would kill him. So Adonijah ran to where the Ark of the Lord and the altar were, and he caught hold of the pointy things called horns that were on the corners of the big altar there. Adonijah figured they wouldn't hurt him as long as he was holding on to the horns of the altar. Someone told Solomon, Adonijah is afraid of you and is holding on to the horns of the altar. He is saying, Let King Solomon promise not to kill me. So Solomon said, If Adonijah will be trustworthy, nothing will happen to him. But if he acts wickedly, he shall die. So Adonijah came and bowed before his brother, King Solomon. And Solomon said to him, Go to your own house. Sometime later, though, Adonijah tried to be wicked and do something that might make him king someday. So Solomon had to kill Adonijah, just as he had promised. A little later, it was really time for David to die. So he called his son Solomon, who was now the king, to him. And David said to Solomon, I am about to die. You be strong and obey the Lord your God and walk in the ways of the Lord you will find this way written in the law of Moses if you do you will prosper and do well everywhere because that is what the Lord promised me if you obeyed him then david told his son solomon about the house of the Lord the temple that he had wanted to build David said that he had lots of wood and stones and nails and metals ready to build it. David said to Solomon, A long time ago, I had wanted to build a house for the Lord myself, but the Lord told me I wasn't to do it. Instead, the Lord told me, You shall have a son named Solomon. He will be a man of peace. I will give him peace, and he shall build a house for my name. Then David said to Solomon, So, my son, may the Lord be with you so that you build a house of the Lord, and may the Lord give you wisdom and understanding as your king. If you are careful to obey the Lord God, you will do well. Be strong and brave. Don't be afraid. David said, I have gathered all sorts of things for you to use as you build the temple. The Lord be with you. Old King David called together the important men and told them what he had told Solomon. Then David praised the Lord as he was with all of these men. David said, Blessed are you forever and ever, O Lord, the God of Israel. Everything in the sky and earth are yours. You are great and powerful. Now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. Then David prayed some more and said, Please, Lord, have my son Solomon obey you in everything and have him build the temple. Then David said to everyone there, Bless the Lord your God. So everyone there bowed and worshipped the Lord. And then there was a big sacrifice to the Lord, and they all feasted and were happy. Then again, everyone said that Solomon was king. And they anointed him again as their king. And Solomon sat on the throne of his father David and did well, and the Jews followed him. And King David was very old and rich and honored and, Then David died and was buried in the city of David. He had been king for 40 years. All right now, what two books of the Bible have we been talking about today? That's right, 2 Samuel and 1 Chronicles. And what are they both about? Yes, they are both about when David was king. Now, we had heard in 1 Samuel where David was just a shepherd boy and how he killed the giant Goliath and how the man who was king then, Saul, had liked David and taken him home to live with him, hadn't we? Then the book of 1 Samuel goes on to tell how Saul had gotten jealous of David and tried to kill him, and David had hidden from him. Then finally Saul had been killed in battle. Then, in Second Samuel and First Chronicles, we heard about David as king. David was a man after God's own heart. David loved God and honored him. And David wrote many psalms praising the Lord. And when he finally died, David's son Solomon became king. So we've been talking about 2 Samuel and 1 Chronicles today, about when David was king, haven't we? But do you remember one of the promises that the Lord gave to David? How someone would be on the throne of David forever? Well, is there even a throne of David at all today? No, there isn't. But does God always keep his promises? Yes, of course, he does. So how will God keep this promise to David? Well, I'll tell you how. The Bible tells us that someday Jesus is going to come back to earth. And then Jesus will be king, not only of the Jews, but of everyone. But how is that keeping God's promise to David? Because Mary, the mother of Jesus, was the great-great-great-great-great-great-granddaughter of King David. So Jesus, the great-great-great-great-great-grandson of King David, will someday sit on the throne of David forever. Isn't that exciting? And it keeps God's promise to David, doesn't it? God always keeps his promises. And as I said before, King David was not only a king and a poet and a musician, he was also a prophet. David lived 1,000 years before Jesus came to earth as the Messiah, the Christ To die for our sins but some of david's psalms tell about jesus one of david's psalms even tells about dying on a cross and describes the things that would happen to jesus it is a prophecy of when jesus would die on the cross for our sins remember jesus the son of god came to earth as both a man because his mother was Mary, and God, because Jesus was already God. And Jesus died on the cross to take the punishment for our sins. And then Jesus rose from the dead, and he's alive now. And if we just believe this and trust the Lord Jesus to take this punishment for us, he will. And someday after we die, We will be able to be with Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, forever and ever. And the Lord Jesus, the great-great-great-great-grandson of King David, is someday going to come back again and be king of everyone. And if we have trusted him to forgive our sins, we can be with him forever. I hope you've enjoyed today talking about King David in 1 Samuel and 2 Chronicles. I have...